HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Kiva, a Greenhorns partner and nonprofit that has helped hundreds of farmers raise over $2 million in microloans, all without charging any interest or fees. Find out more at us.kiva.org slash greenhorns. I'm Erin Fairbanks, host of The Farm Report. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. about agriculture? Well, maybe it wasn't so obvious because that one didn't have lyrics, but I'm very happy to welcome onto my show yet another agrarian. This one is Adam Nordell from Songbird Farm. Welcome to the show, Adam. Hey, Severin. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be on Greenhorns Radio. This is Greenhorns Radio, radio for young farmers by young farmers. And today our guest is Adam Nordell. Adam, will you introduce yourself and your creative practice? Sure thing. Um, so I co-run an organic vegetable and grain farm here in Unity, Maine. The farm is called Songbird Farm. Um, I run Songbird Farm with my partner in crime, Johanna Davis, and we're we're new residents of the town of Unity. Um, we've been bouncing around on leased land, um, learning to farm and building our farm business for the past seven years or so. Um, and just last year made the jump um, and got ourselves a mortgage and a more permanent land situation um, here in Unity. Unity is, of course, the home of the main organic farmers and gardeners associations. So it's a really dynamic little rural town to be living and farming in. Um, so that's that's sort of one half of what Johanna and I are all about, is growing veggies and grains for wholesale markets. Um, and then, as you alluded to with that little introductory song, we're also musicians. Um, Johanna's a fiddler, I'm a guitar player and a songwriter. 
um, and we, we structure our lives around growing food and playing music. And talk to me about your music and what it's about and why you're singing. Why do you have to sing? What do you have to sing about? Sure. Um, So like like that first tech, a lot of the music that we play is instrumental fiddle music. Um, We play for contra dances, um, so high-energy traditional music coming from Ireland, Cape Breton, Acadian, French Canada, um, and a lot from the southeastern U.S., sort of the Appalachian old-time music tradition. And all those various fiddle genres get mashed up into a really lively um, rural-based social dance form called contradancing that's just super fun. It has really deep roots in Maine um, and all, all the little rural towns. Um, historically, the Grange movement in Maine was, was a really big deal, um, which has left us with these really beautiful Grange halls that are in, in all the rural towns that are perfect for having dances, and they have nice wooden floors and little stages and good acoustics, um, and they're great places to put on a party. So we, we show up at one of these Grange halls and um, break out our fiddle and guitar um, and play high-energy driving music together with a caller um, and facilitate a group of people from a rural area getting together to, to have a good time and build community. Um, so that's that's sort of half of our music, and then the other half um, is uh, traditional and original songs. And as a songwriter, I'm really interested in place and our relationship to place. Um, and that's part of why I find farming compelling as well. Um, it's a, a great way to spend a lot of time in one spot, um, soaking in the view in um, numerous different light settings and. Uh, working directly with the, the landscape um, and building something off of the landscape. So when I write songs, I try to reflect on what it means to be connected to a particular spot. Um, and I also like to write about the experience of farming and, and working hard and um, the joy and the frustration of, of growing food with, with all the success and, and failures that that entails. So it's nice when we talk in terms like that are a little bit like the panel on the wall in front of the painting that says, this is what this painting is about. And um, the abstraction of building community or talking about relationship to place. And those as general categories, I would say, occupy the minds of our audience very much. I wonder if we could just go one level deeper um, because I've been really thinking a lot in the work which I do, which is a lot around cultural organizing and cultural production and creative expression within the agrarian community about the different forms and processes that are going on simultaneously in these events and happenings and dances and workshops and trying to kind of study it more and and get a more sophisticated language to discern and describe what is at stake. Um, so I challenge you to start and speak a little more in detail about both those two things. Number one, the embeddedness in the community of life on land, and two, the making community practice um, and what's happening there. Ooh, hard questions. 
Yeah, <laughs> this is great. Get me, get me thinking. I've been bagging carrots all afternoon, and you're going to make me think again, which is good. Um, so thinking about embeddedness in the community of life, is that the phrase that you used? Yeah, baby. Yeah, something like that. Um, well, I guess, I guess to me, any form of art, um, that uses, um, that makes reference to and builds meaning and builds story off of our surroundings, um, is, uh, is doing positive work, um, because as as a society we're we're somewhat disconnected from the landscape or um until the maybe until the very recent past we're fairly disconnected from um from the production of food and and what that means in terms of lifestyle in terms of what it, you know what it looks like what it what it costs in terms of both money and in terms of labor and in terms of um, environmental costs. Um, so I guess, um, just in sort of like in very simple ways, if, um, if one can write a catchy song or paint a beautiful painting, um, that does more than romanticize the landscape and romanticize the idea of farming. Um, but maybe, maybe it illustrates a little bit more of like the human experience of being on the land and farming and struggling, um, then hopefully people who hear that song, um, gain a deeper investment or people who, who take in that painting have a deeper investment, um, or at least a deeper understanding or, a, um, some, some sort of empathy towards, um, what it takes to, to grow food and and really keep keep the whole society running with calories. So, and then I think that's sort of like a grand goal to um, to influence other people's thinking with with a given song. Um, so maybe there's a a smaller, more attainable goal for me in writing a song that just um, to help me connect more deeply with place. Um, and so we're, we're new in our, in our, our current farm. We've been here two years. Um, it's very different from where I grew up. I grew up in Western Montana in the foothills of the Rockies, really, um, dry open landscape, ponderosa pine and sagebrush and grasslands, cattle grazing on public lands. And then out to the east of us, um, miles and miles and miles of, wheat um, and barley production for, for big industrial mills and malting operations. Um, and, and here I am in northern New England now in hilly Waldo County um, with all these little patchwork uh, farm fields, lush forests and, and little creeks and streams and vegetable farms and dairies and just a, like a really vibrant um, vibrant mix of agricultural activity going on around here. Um, and so for me to like to write a song about place here in, in the town of Unity 
the, like the fields that are around here, the fields that we're managing, the fields that we look at, the way the forest looks um, in the evening light here is different than the way the forest looks in the evening light in Montana. Um, and that just helps me feel more more comfortable and like this is a place where I can live, where I can see beauty and can be here working for the long haul. So maybe art is about feeling at home and in place for me. Yeah, baby. The um the feeling I got when you were saying that was also that there's that it's hard to talk about. It's um that there's communications beyond language. And then there and yeah. there's um, that there's um intuition that doesn't really um work as a rational statement. I just had a conversation yesterday with someone who said something along the lines of there is no free lunch and it was a little bit of a justification of um market fundamentalism, but um, I kind of, I, you know, I wrote, I, I wrote back, I didn't write back, I, I spoke back and I said, yeah, but my, the first, all of the first lunches were free and um, they were all breastfed. And so um, that there's a presupposition inside of what you're saying that is, doesn't acknowledge. Um, I think we were talking about how in Denmark, grandparents are paid uh, grandparents are paid to take care of their grandkids because those are the best hmm. babysitters. And they might have another job to do, but really they're the best babysitter for that kid and they should do it. And the society at large believes in it. Um, That's cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah, amazing. And so then we moved into conversations about the market and what should be paid for and motherhood and child care and you know, who is in charge of, of, of creating what value and profit for whom and all these kinds of things. And um, and it turned into kind of descriptions of natural law and and what was natural and what was nature and how things should be. And it feels like one of the great reasons why agrarian arts are such a powerful source point or, or um, foundation from which to draw meaning about our our country, our, like, both country, the land country and the nation country and the community country is that the experience of connectedness in the community of life on a farm is so rich and deep and multifactorial. And it feels like exploring how that is not just nostalgic would be useful because um, obviously it's not just nostalgic. So maybe you could delve into uh, some of some, maybe even just like, are people going to country dances out of nostalgia or why are they going to country dances? Uh, I don't, I don't know if people are going to the concert dances out of nostalgia necessarily. I was kind of, um, I was referencing the the agrarian songwriting tradition of um, there are all of these these folk songs in America um, about the death of the family farm, um, which are you know are really useful songs in um, in thinking 
into in, in getting people to direct their attention um, towards how hard it is to farm and towards development practices and how um, how farmland gets gets divided up and turned into housing lots. Um, I feel like like really quickly I can think of like four or five songs like that, and I'm sure you know a dozen more. Um, and they're they're really important songs, but I've always been intrigued. Like, why is that a trope in songwriting? Um, among all the all the images and ideas that we can talk about, and I guess it's like that's an experience that has shaped our country was was the experience of um, urbanizing or suburbanizing and moving from a sense of our mm-hmm. our people as as a rural farm based people into a um, a more urban or suburban community as a nation. Um, so, so that, that's what I was, what, what I meant by, by sort of nostalgic farm art, um, which I think like it's time to move past that now. Like let's, there's lots more interesting things to talk about in our relationship with agriculture than the loss of farmland, the loss of farmland. That's still important. And we still need to, um, to fight the loss of farmland, obviously, but um, there are other things to write songs about now. Um, thanks to the good work of everybody who's been building the, the small farm movement over the past 50 years or however long. Um, but I don't think, yeah, why do people go to contradances? Um, because it's really, really fun. It's really silly. Um, there's something that I don't think is nostalgia, but that's, um, yeah, there's something that happened when, when I showed up at a at a concert dance for the first time, and when a lot of other people show up there. It's a funny subculture, so people tend to stumble into concert dancing without a lot of sort of prior con, uh, concepts for what it is, um, and they wind up, or I wound up at least, coming in and sort of reenacting a cartoon um, of. Of a, like a barn dance of, of sort of like I, I imagined myself in overalls and a straw hat um, sort of hamming it up and slapping my knee and jumping around swinging my partner um, which is you know it's, that, that comes from cartoons I saw as a kid and it's like sort of vaguely related to, to what contra dancing is but there's a sort of like generalized um, myth of our our agrarian past that, you know, we, we, we get from cartoons and, and other places. Um, so there's something that's like reenacting uh, a past that certainly like social dance didn't look like that in Maine 150 years ago. Um, but it did look like contra dancing, like sets of people dancing in long lines to traditional fiddle music from, from France and England and Ireland um, and from, from Maine itself. Um, well, can we also then, talk then about people... what all is happening there? Like, let's talk a little bit about what is all happening simultaneously in the dance. Doing, sure. And it's okay to talk, um, let's so, talk about it. Wait, say again, sorry. Well, I know that it's going to be a little bit tempting to say, oh, we don't want to be too didactic. But I think having written enough effing grant proposals saying, oh, we have to invest in cultural infrastructure for the agrarian movement and it's very important and blah, blah, blah. And they come back and they're like, this is not, we can't measure this. <laughs> like, let's talk a little bit more about it. Like, what all is happening at the day? Huh? 
Okay. Um, so there's always live music, which is cool. It's usually built around fiddle music, um, which is passed generally passed from person to person rather than red red sheet music, which is there's something about that that's that builds community, I believe. Um, and then the accompaniment instrumentation is often guitar or piano, accordion, banjo, um, what other common instruments. Sometimes you'll get clarinets and a few horns. Um, that's sort of the general sound. Maybe stand-up bass, sometimes cello, which is really cool. Um, and then next to the band on the stage um, is a person called a caller who's teaching the dance. And their job is to, um, to basically to facilitate a really fun evening and, and build community and, and keep people moving in, in synchrony in the hall. Um, so the, the tunes that the band is playing are, um, are 32 bar tunes. They're, they're tunes of a certain length with a specific phrasing. Um, and then all of the dances that the, the callers teach correspond directly to the length of the, the tunes. So there's this sort of um, machine-like synchrony between the music and what the caller is saying, and a group of you know maybe as few as 12 people show up or maybe, maybe 300 people show up, um, and the caller teaches them. If they've never come in before, they, the caller tells them, okay, this is what a do-si-do is. You walk around your partner in a clockwise fashion. This is what balance and swing means. This is what a lady's chain is. These are like simple eight different different dance moves. And then the caller strings them together in different um, sequences um, according to the dance. So it's, it's basically very simple and accessible, and, and it is taught. Um, and then there will be a group of – and then the dancers are, um, in Maine at least, represent a really beautiful cross-section of um, – of the community, varying economic backgrounds, varying ages, um, people from, from all over, people who grew up in Maine and have like many generations here and, and newcomers like me, um, all sort of interacting without having to communicate verbally and, and building a, a feeling of community and connectedness um, just by being silly and, and dancing together. So that's, that might be the best I can describe it right now. Um, and it is, I think it is really important in, in rural areas um, because people, people need an excuse to come together and, and need, um, there's a great Greg Brown, great, excuse me, Greg Brown quote about community um, and how community happens when people like really need each other. Community happens when, you need to be friends with your neighbor because at some point you're going to be stuck stuck in a snowdrift and you're going to need your neighbor to pull you out of the snowdrift. Um, and that could happen to anyone in rural Maine, you know, as they're driving around. So, so events like, like concert dances bring people together um, in places where there aren't other uh, social and cultural hubs necessarily um, and give people a, a, broader, a broader social connection. Well, and if you've if you've danced around somebody, then you touched them, and you've moved together, and you've looked into their eyes, and you've smelled their sweat. And right. it feels like one right. of the things about the 
community of life is also on our own bodies. Like, I am not myself only. I am also all those creatures uh, in my guts and on the surface of my skin. And apparently 80% of the genetic that is me is not me. And That's like, so cool. My, yeah, I just learned about it because I've been watching all these videos of Donna Haraway and how we are not an organism is not a unity. It is a it is a multitude, and it's a multitude that is inside of, and and like flushing through each other and co-evolving, and and it's dynamic. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it feels like uh, I know we're amateurs and we don't have the words, but it seems like that's something that's happening, even if just psychically and in terms of the smells, like the sexy smells that happen at a dance. Um, okay, we're running out of time, so we have to promote your new album, promote my next symposium, and then get the heck off the air. And we have to thank also our wonderful sponsor, Kiva, who's making Greenhorns possible, Greenhorns Radio possible, by sponsoring our radio show. Thank you so much and paying for the time of our producers. And Kiva, of course, gives zero interest percent loans, zero percent interest loans to young farmers, and they really are happy because the young farmers fund so fast. And the people who lend to young farmers are so happy that they keep lending to young farmers and others who deserve uh, capital for their small businesses. All right, you promote your record, then I'm going to put my my symposium. Okay, thanks, everyone. Um, so I released a new, brand new record called "Walk These Fields" this August in collaboration with Maine Farmland Trust. A really great. Um, agricultural land preservation organization here in Waldo County, Maine. Um, the new album is a, uh, a mix of songs reflecting on learning to farm here in Maine, uh, the farming landscape here in Maine. Um, the song that you heard in the intro is an uh, original fiddle tune. There are a few of those. Um, and then a few songs about connection to the place I grew up, um, the high plains and foothills of the Rockies in Montana. Um, so that's, that's the new album. Um, you can find out a little bit more about it at um, my musical website with my partner, Johanna Davis. We're called Sassafras Stomp, um, S-A-S-S-S-A-F-R-A-S, and then Stomp, S-T-O-M-P dot com. Um, and we're actually going to be down in your neck of the woods, or the, the radio station's neck of the woods, rather, week after next. We're playing... Um, a concert dance in Brooklyn on Friday, October 21st. And then the next night we're playing a concert dance in Manhattan on Saturday the 22nd. Um, and then we're playing a house concert on um, in, back in Brooklyn on Sunday the 23rd. Um, and we'd, we'd love and to connect with other people And people can find out about it by clicking on the link that we're going to put into the description for Songbird Farm. And maybe you can send the info to the blog, and we'll put it on the blog, too. Sure thing, yeah. Wow, that's so good. All the way from Maine to Brooklyn for the barn dances. And I am happy to keep reminding everybody, if you know anybody who is anywhere close enough to come to New Mexico in November, please, 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 would you take it upon yourself to do me the favor of transmitting the message to them about our... Our Land Symposium, which has put a bunch of all my summertime sunshine time into hunched over computer organizing an amazing symposium on land reform. And we're a little understaffed, and so I need help getting the word out. 
It's from November 9th through November 17th. And it is incredible speakers from all over the country speaking about the commons, the public trust, and uh, learning a lot about the Asakia system, which is an irrigation system, ancient, 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 but 400 years in New Mexico as a very direct commons-based resource management system. But, of course, managing our common resources is the project for humanity, and particularly in the coming generations when we are facing um, an imperiled set of natural systems. So I am really proud of the program, and it's all written up on agrariantrust.org forward slash 2016 symposium, and we'll put it all up on the video and the audio. We'll do all the video and the audio for all you who can't come, but for those of you who are anywhere close to New Mexico or know anyone close to New Mexico who's concerned with land access, land transfer, land commons, land commons, land repair, please, please, please help us out. And thank you all for listening, and thank you, Adam, for singing. Thanks so much, Bye-bye. Take care. In the space between the rows That grass will grow back We'll be back at it with our hoes Not in it for the profit But the feeling in our souls For bare feet and the fresh turned earth That's the way that this song goes Cause I can see our years together Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Sometimes I know it's not enough